Welcome into this Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray, joined by Trip Eisenhower, joined by Brian Bateman. Gentlemen, it's Masters Week. Mm. Celebrate as you see fit. We have finally made it after spending what seemed like eight months, and really it's probably only about four, <laughs> but just in anticipation this year of the season's first Masters. It's wide open, it's super hyped, it's like nothing that we've seen, at least I would say going back to maybe 2001 when Tiger was trying to complete the Tiger Slam, but uh, though we're not contractually obligated to start with <laughs> we're Tiger, not. we're not, we might as well do it. Yeah, because, okay, of course. Uh, he has been the biggest story of the last several weeks, going for what would be his fifth green jacket, making just his second Masters appearance since 2014. Trip, I'll start with you. Tiger wins this Masters, or even gives himself a chance to win if, fill in the blank. If he hits more than seven fairways with a driver in a round. Now, he won't hit seven. I mean, he's not going to hit that many drivers probably. But my, my point is he cannot give himself a lot of long-distance iron shots in particular onto these, into these par fours. I mean, I look at, um, you know, holes like number one. Let's say he tries to hit even a three-wood off that hole. What's he going to be coming in with versus what he used to come in with with a driver off that tee? And here's the, here's the good news for Tiger is the swing from the range is really good with the driver. And usually the first couple of holes, it's pretty good. And then the whatever it is about Tiger that wants to pound it out there, have 129-mile-an-hour club head speed, the club gets later and later and later, and the ball goes all the more off the ballpark. Look at 16 at Bay Hill, perfect mm -hmm. example. He needed to hit that fairway like he did with his provisional and give himself an eagle opportunity to put pressure on Rory McIlroy. He knocks it out of bounds. And that's the difference for me. He's gotta, you've got to be able to hit, drive the ball better than Tiger's driving it. I think the first few holes may go well, but I think we can all agree that the first tee shot is going to be a rope hook somewhere. <laughs> that's just yeah. when Tiger's playing well, when he's playing poorly, whatever it is, he cannot figure out the opening tee shot at a lot of courses, but specifically Augusta National is right up there. He always seems to struggle with that opening shot. Brian, what are your what are your thoughts well, here? I'm, I'm just Tiger? thinking about what Trent was saying, and I think he's exactly right about when does he decide to pull the driver out of the bag. Uh, but I think also, Trip, that he can get away with not having to drive it as much as maybe in years past. Really the only holes that I can think of that when he's going to necessarily have to hit driver is possibly number one, depending on the wind. Uh, maybe number seven, but I think he can sting a three-wood yeah. down there, still have a yeah. mid to short. Eleven, he's going to have to hit driver. Yeah. No question there. And then really on the back nine, maybe 18, but he can still hit three-wood, four, five, six iron into that hole as well, depending on the wind. But I don't know that Tiger is going to be able to, to make the decision to transition away from the driver at Augusta like we probably think he should because he's so used to playing that golf course a certain way. And I just don't know right now if he wants to get away from that game plan. I think when he gets there, he's going to come in with a lot of confidence. I think he's still going to stick to the driver. And then if he starts to spray a few, he might back off. But I think when the, once the tournament starts, he's going, to, he's going to be aggressive off the tee and pick his spots. Yeah, but, but see, this is my point is, yes, you, I think you're exactly right. I think instinct and history is going to tell him, hey, I need to pipe it down there and take advantage of this. And, you know, yeah, you look at a hole like, hey, he doesn't need to hit driver, but he needs to hit driver to get there in two. Yeah. Okay? Um, you know, and, and if you coming into Augusta 15 yards shorter than where you're used to, 
on a lot of these holes. I don't care how good your iron game is, and it's very good for Tiger. And I don't care how good you're putting. I don't care how good you're short. You're going to hit it closer from 15 yards closer than, than 15 yards behind. It's just that that's a fact. Now, this is what I don't understand. Why Tiger can't just say, look, I'm going to do the range swing on the golf course and drive it 300 yards, 305. What big deal? Don't try to drive it three. Everybody talks about the 129 club head speed. That was the seventh longest drive that day. Right. There were six drives longer mm -hmm. than the one that he had 129. That shows that it wasn't that efficient of a strike. So I, I just wish that if, if Tiger Woods could do the swing that's on the range, because I think we both agree, Brian, that that swing on the range is beautiful. It's in sync. You watch him hit it on the range. It is nice, Will. I don't know why he can't just – or somebody can't just say, look, Tiger – it's not about trying to be as long as Dustin Johnson. You don't need to be. You need to be just hit at a distance off the tee, and he'd be fine. I think he, I think he would contend. I think he'd have a really good chance of winning. And also with, with the driver, as you both know, he, he likes to move the ball left to right now. It's a more comfortable flight for him. That's not going to work this week at the match. He's going to have to turn the ball over. Three wood, more loft, easier to turn over. Driver, not so much. So when you think about number two, when you think about number uh, 15, Number uh, number eleven sets 13. up sets up well for a fade. Well, I don't think he's going to ever hit driver there. Probably any, not. Any yeah. days of the week. Uh, but the 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 overall ball flight. We talk about it all the time. You need to move it right to left off the tee. That's not necessarily the case with the driver. Uh, excuse me, with the three wood because you can turn that over, but you have more room to the right on the dog leg right dog leg left holes with the three wood. If in fact you don't want to turn it over, I don't think Tiger's very comfortable right now moving the ball right no. to left with the driver. And so if he's going to choose to go that route, he's going to be, his ball flight's going to be going opposite of the way the hole was designed to be played, and that's why I still think he's going to he's going to pick his spots with the driver. But I'm like, Will, I, there's going to be a foul ball somewhere. Oh yeah. And when it happens, how does he react? Well, I think as you both know, trying to turn the ball right to left at Augusta National nearly broke Martin Keimer as the world number one yeah. not too long yeah. ago. That's how important it is. At that golf course, everyone knows that, you know, talking to Henrik Stenson last week, he says he needs to work on the draw, lean on the driver. As you were saying, you can get away with not hitting driver at a lot of courses. Augusta National yeah. is not one of them. Before we move on, one more quick one from Tiger. You know, we heard so much from Phil earlier this spring about how important it was for him to end the victory drought before trying to win at a major and make that his first win in five-plus years. Tiger's in the same boat where he has not won since 2013. He's had a couple close calls on the Florida Swing in the last few weeks. But is it a situation where we could have Tiger battling nerves down the stretch if he happens to play his way into contention coming down the stretch on Sunday? I, I don't. I, look, the nerves part of it, I, I don't think it was nerves that caused the Bay Hill 16th out-of-bounds shot. I think it was just technique. I don't think he was nervous. I mean, I think the situation dictated a driver to, put, to make eagle. He stood on that tee. I don't think it was the nerves that did it. And then after that, of course, the air went out of the balloon and he bogeyed 17 and, who you know, who cares. But um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, if you get in contention, he's going to be nervous. But, I mean, how good is he at handling those situations? Yeah. We're going to find and, out. Yeah, right? well, if he, if he gets in contention, that says his game is there with the parts that I, I think will, will not be there, which is the tee ball. Um, it will, and if he gets in contention, I, I, I don't expect him to make any mental errors. Now, physical errors, different story. Yeah, and I also think, Will, with, with, and I think you make, that's a great question. Because of his time off and, and not bidding, and he's won 79 times, we all know that, but not being in this position to have a chance to win of late, and then he's had this good run on the Florida swing, I think nerves will still be a factor because he's ultimately going there to win the golf tournament. But I will say this. 
as strong and as confident he ha right now he has in his short game, I think that's the big eraser for any type of nervous issues he might have. I think his confidence right now in the short game can help alleviate some of those nerves, but I'm with you, Tripp. I think the nerves are going to show up off the tee, and it might dictate his decision-making of how he attacks a hole from the tee box. And one example I want to show you why I don't think the nerves will be an issue is I go back to the putt at 17 at, at Valspar. I mean, the only that, putt he made all day. That yeah. putt was redonkulous, right? Yeah. I mean, you, I, I mean, that thing was in the middle, perfect speed. Yeah. Brant Snedeker, I talked to him at Bay Hill. He was just like, man, that thing looked like it was going in from the time <laughs> he struck it. I'm not worried about those parts of his game. Yeah. He's got to get to the green, though. That's right. going to be yeah. the issue yeah. for me. Well, Tiger's going to be the main draw, but as we said at the Open here, this is perhaps the most wide-open Masters we've had in a really mm -hmm. long time. Uh, the odds makers out at the Westgate in Vegas currently have six guys at 12 to 1 or better, three at 10 to 1, and three at 12 to 1. But I want to start first in the non Tiger division with the Augusta National Whisperer, Jordan Spieth. Mm -hmm. He is clearly a guy who has an affinity for this place. It bit him something awful in 2016, but he still gets to cruise up to that champion's locker room this week, which has to do something really good for the confidence. Tie for third uh, on Sunday in Houston. What are our thoughts on Jordan Spieth kind of flying under the radar? So many big names have won tournaments already this year. Spieth is not one of them, but still, whenever you get to Augusta National, I think he's a guy you have to consider. Well, I, you're exactly right. Um, I, I think the playing last week the Houston Open, his putter still was not great. Yep. Uh, ball striking was much better statistically. Uh, hit the ball a lot better for the four days. He said his goal coming into last week was to play four rounds to get the, get the rounds under his belt. Uh, but I'm with you, Will. I think there's something about Jordan Spieth when he arrives on property at Augusta National that I think some of the issues that he might be having are erased. I, I think that he, he's he been there, he's done it. Yes, 16 was a disappointment, but he did win in 15. He has the game to play this golf course. He knows how to play this golf course. And any issues he may be having with his confidence, with his putter, I think – aren't as prevalent this week because he knows this place so well and he has such great memories on these greens. I don't see any reason why uh, he cannot contend this weekend coming down the stretch and make the crucial putts he's going to have to make. I just think a lot of this putting issue that he has, and he's been very frank about it, very open about it, and I think that helps as well to be to stay in front of it, stay in front of the, the topic. Um, but he's put his time in. There's, he, he's, he knows these greens as well as anyone in his track record speaks for itself, so I don't think that there's going to be a putter issue for Jordan Spieth this week. To me, it's going to be similar to Tiger. What happens to him off the tee? I think the transition is going to be from a short game to how well he handles his tee ball. You know, the tee ball was great in Houston. I mean, yeah. he strokes gained tee to green. He led the field yeah. at, at, in Houston, and he was 69th in putting. So the putting issues are still there. I mean, the only day he really gained a lot of strokes on the field with his putter was the last round where he Sunday. shot 66. Which he, he pointed out. He yeah, said, no, no, he said. He said the whole week I've been yep. negative strokes gained and I still somehow had a chance. And, and exactly. I mean, that's how well he was striking the ball. I mean, he shot under par both Friday and Saturday with uh, losing like five strokes to the field on the greens. So, I mean, yeah. you know, that's how well he's hitting it. So that's the good news. And Brian's point is 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 valid that it, it he can overcome some of those things. But I don't care when you're missing – Inside of 10 feet as many times as he has, no place will expose you more right. than Augusta National inside of 10 feet if you're weak. Well, it's not even, for speed, it's not even 10 feet. It's the five, four, three-footers. Exactly. It's the really little wobbly ones, and those are the putts where, like you said, at Augusta National, you got a four-footer that you have to put outside Two the hole. Out. Yeah, yeah, not even on the edge. I mean, you're talking, you're putting it up yeah. the ridge, and that's like something that, 
that's no other. You know, it's a place that he is, he's played well and he understands, but that's certainly yeah. going to be a factor. Uh, given the, the wide open landscape that we have right now, it's hard to think back to where we were a year ago pre-stair debacle. And we were talking about Dustin Johnson oh, yeah. basically slipping yep. into the green jacket yep. before we even started it. He was coming off of three straight wins, had to withdraw because he hurt his back at the worst possible time. But now he is back, no pun intended. Still is the world number one, and perhaps kind of like Spieth flying a little under the radar, he did wall up the field at Kapalua by about a million shots, mm -hmm. but that feels like it was in 2015, not a couple months ago. What are our thoughts on DJ after a couple close calls at the Masters, perhaps slipping into that jacket? I, I'm, I know Brian's concerned about his form at the match play. He did not play well there. He defending, uh, you know, didn't win a match. It really didn't even sniff winning a match. But um, here's the thing about DJ. At times, and it, it will happen again in a major, he can make the game look incredibly easy. I mean, it, it just it flows off his back to shoot a 67. And he can do it on really difficult golf courses like this. And we've seen him do it here. And, you know, I mean, he's playing a par 69. Okay, just just yeah. how he drives. No the course. driver is well, such just, a weapon. Yeah, I mean, you talk about guys trying to, are they going to hit driver? Can they trust the driver? <laughs> Dustin would hit a driver into a par 3 if he wanted to. He would hit it to. on 7, yeah. the most narrow, claustrophobic hole uh, to look at. He's going to step up with driver and bomb it down there and have a flip wedge in. Yeah. Okay, huge advantage, and you know, here's the here's the one thing about DJ, and it is the putting. Which putter shows up? Because if he puts like he did at Kapalua, if he puts anywhere close to his how well he's been putting on a regular basis since he be, became number one, I think he's going to be part of the story. Now, does he win it? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all, but he's not clearly not to your point, Will, anywhere near. People giving him the green jacket yeah, last no. year. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm making a guess on where DJ gets major number two. I don't know that this is the place. I think he wins one of the opens, maybe PGA before he would ever win a Masters, despite his close calls in recent. Hey, what's his confidence level right now? I, no, I don't know. There's no way to know. You can ask him. You're going to get. <laughs> a, but see, but but the, the minute we think, or, or the golf world thinks that that he's not playing well and he doesn't have a lot of confidence, he always seems to surprise. Yep. The, the, the viewers and the fans of his and those of us that cover the game now. I'm with you, Tripp. I wouldn't be surprised if he played well this week just because of his, the raw talent that yeah. he has and the, and the link. And you're exactly right. This is an absolute par 69 golf course for him because of the length off the tee. Now it's it's and he's straight too for as right. far as he yeah. drives it. He drives it pretty doggone straight. But where is his golf? Is he going to be taking advantage of these par fives with his length, with his irons? Now, if we if he can find the fairway with his driver, can he get it close? To, how's his proximity going to be this week on this yeah. golf course? We just don't know. I I think I think to me of all the favorites right now, I think DJ uh, has the best chance to disappoint. Just you're based selling, on you're selling your Dustin stock right now. Just just bit. based on his his recent form, but he surprised me in the past, and we'll have to wait and see. Well, you know that you know with as many guys in here, we can make a case for twenty guys. Sitting sure, here. we could we could be talking until the cut line on Friday if we need to. <laughs> but you know that a couple of them are, are going to lay an egg, and a couple of them are going to miss the cut. It always happens. Put up an eight on on thirteen and stuff like that. So we'll see. Maybe it's going to be Dustin Johnson's turn on that front. But how about? the guy who came within a whisker of taking that world number one ranking away from him a couple weeks back in Austin, who is perhaps the best playing guy mm -hmm. right now on the PGA Tour. We're talking about Justin Thomas. He won the Honda in a playoff. 
He lost to Phil in Mexico in a playoff, made the semifinals at the match play. He is checking all the boxes that you might expect, except perhaps for form at Augusta National. He hasn't really no. figured this course out yet in the few yet. chances he has had. <laughs> but yes, the yet, yet. <laughs> yes, this is a different Justin Thomas than the guy that strolled down Magnolia Lane a year ago. He's a major champion now. He's player of the year. He's won about a dozen tournaments. And he since could win he can win the Tiger Slam. He's the only one that can do it. He could. He the can only do one it. that can do it. Yep. So yeah, he, he yeah. He has not played well here. But to yeah. your point, Will, completely different player, right. Brian. Yes. Yep. I mean you talk about ticking boxes. High ball flight, yep. right to left, uh, great short game, which he is his short game is markedly better than it was several years ago. Part of the reason why. And we saw it on display at Honda. The beautiful wedge mm-hmm. shot in there for a birdie to get in the playoff. Um, we saw it at Holing in, in Mexico, the wedge shot. And it's his distance, Brian, with those wedges. They are spot on. He, he is really, to me, as an analyst, looking at the transition that this young man's made with his game, I talked with Jimmy Johnson, his caddy, when he first started caddying for him a couple of years ago, and I said, I said Jimmy, I, I, I love everything about Justin Thomas. I think he's a, a fantastic player, but the last frontier I see is the ability to go off speed with his short irons. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's exactly right, and the wedges are a big issue, but he's aware of it, and he's working on it, and trust me, he's going to get it. When he does, he's going to start winning a bunch. And I, Jimmy's been around a while, and Absolutely, he watched one yeah. of the best wedge yeah. players in, in history, Steve Stricker, for years and years, and that might have had something to do with helping him go off speed. But how, when he came out, it was all flash speed. Everything, all that long driver swing went through his short irons, and his numbers bear, bore that out with the proximity and his, how poorly he was from 150 yards and in. He is now one of the best mm. from 150 yards and in. And the, the wedge shot he hit in Mexico, the little three-quarter, beautiful rhythm, and at Honda, I love it. His short game's great. He's putting great. Tons of confidence. I, I think Justin Thomas is going to be part of the story late into Sunday. I don't know if there's much to add there. No, I, I don't. And I, that's the, to me, that's what I've enjoyed watching from Justin Thomas, as you mentioned, Trip, the evolution the growth of his game, with all that talent, to be able to compartmentalize the areas of his game that needed the most improvement. And you're exactly right. The speed through the bag, especially on the short end with the short irons, that's the, that was the only missing factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Davis Love III two years ago told me, we were talking about Justin Thomas before he started doing all this winning, and he said, linked off the tee, check. Mm-hmm. Height, just like you mentioned, check. Putting, check. Mm-hmm. But he said he's kind of like Drew Love, same thing, who's trying to get to that point as well. They can't dial back their short irons right now. Well, Justin Thomas has done that, and, Lord, he's got the confidence right now to to match the mechanics, and that's a pretty lethal combination. Yeah, It could be like Phil in 05-06. He pulled off a similar run. We shall see. Uh, All right, let's let's switch gears here and go across the pond. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only one guy in the field this week who could round out the career Grand Slam. I know he has Brian's attention, and he got our attention with that final round at Bay Hill. It seemed like Rory McIlroy was just going to be an also-ran. All of a sudden, he sprinkles in a little 64, rallies back to win, and he showed everyone just how good he can be when he's firing on all cylinders. He, like many players in the field, has some skeletons in the Augusta National Closet, especially going back to 2011 when he kind of let one go. But, Brian, I know you get your eye on Rory trying to get the fourth leg here. Well, I was going back, well, about a month or month and a half ago when he went through that, that stretch where he was not playing very well. Um, someone asked me on the street, you know, right now between Spieth and Rory, who's, who are you most concerned with? 
And I said, it's Roy McIlroy. He's just not playing well right now. And the next week he comes out and wins the Arnold Palmer Invitational and putted lights out on a very difficult golf course, great final round, wins a tournament. And so now I think going in to this week at the Masters, that was a huge part of I think that was gonna, that's going to play a big role in his success this week because very similar to what Phil Mickelson talked about, winning on the PGA Tour, which is so difficult to do, as we all know, to check that box, to be able to, to hit the shots coming down the stretch and look forward to the first major of the year, I think is, it was huge and will be huge for Rory McIlroy. How do you quantify the pressure that he's going to feel trying to chase the career Grand Slam? I can't imagine. But to your point earlier, that's under the radar this week. But I was, oh, I was about to say, but I, I still has the talking stick. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right ahead. I'm talking from the media stuff. I mean, yeah. it, it, it is a big deal, but how, does, how is Rory going to handle it? Is he going to act like it's just another event? Is he trying to just win another major championship? Oh, by the way, I win it's the career Grand Slam. Event. He no. can sit there and say it's another. It's not. No. Just, just like Ian Poulter said he wasn't thinking about getting in the Masters all week yeah. at Houston. Wrong. Wrong. I think Rory's... Um, in a good spot right now with his game. Well, here's the thing. As someone who's picked him every year for the last three years. <laughs> eventually, right? I'm well, eventually, I'm 0 for 3 just like he is and getting the career grand slam. Well, here's the He's going to get it. Here's the thing. There's plenty of master stats to pour through, but one of the most confounding stats about this tournament is that Rory has been in the top 10 four straight years, and on none of those occasions did he have a realistic chance to win yeah, yeah. come Sunday. He was in the final group. On Saturday in 2016 with Spieth, and he played his way out. But he's going, you know, T4, T8, T10. You look at the record, and you're like, oh, he's been right there. And you look back at the scoreboard going into Sunday, and he hasn't had the chance like he did in 2011. And really what it is, as someone who's picked him the last three years, <laughs> and I'm going to pick him again this year. There you go. Because um, eventually I'm going to be right. I'm like David Duvall picking Sergio. Eventually he was going to be right. So I'm going to stick with my man, Rory. It will. It's, it's really only been about eight holes of the 72 he's played. They've come at an untimely point yes. in the tournament. They didn't come like the last nine holes did in 2011, yep. but you you look at where he has been the rest of the, the, the time. The 63, the 62 holes, he's played pretty well, as well as anybody. Yeah. And eventually he's gonna get through those holes. And I think right now the way the putter was working at Bay Hill, the short game, too. No, let's not forget the chip in at 15. That was not an easy little chip that he just nope. it just trickled in. Beautiful. Um, I think, I, again, I said, I've been 0 for 3. I may go 0 for 4. I picked Rory. I'm picking him again this Sticking year. Sticking to it. I, <laughs> I appreciate the consistency. Uh, all right, so if we did a scientific poll of the media center at Augusta National, I'm pretty sure we would get a ton of support for the notion that Justin Rose is going to win this week. Mm -hmm. A playoff runner-up last year where he seemed like he had one arm in the jacket. It was only a couple years before that that he finished second to Jordan Spieth with a performance that would have won all but about five tournaments in Masters history. He's lower under par than anyone else over the last five years. Three straight top tens, the two close calls. A ton to like about Justin Rose, Brian, as he looks to go one better than he did last year with Sergio. I picked him back in January. Um, here at the Golf Channel, and I'm sticking to it. And it's not because of um, any of the reasons that you mentioned. I think it's just the way that he, to me, the, the, the players that play consistently the best at the Masters have a certain demeanor or certain patience on the golf course. Uh, Jordan Spieth has it, that, that gritty, never-give-up attitude. Tiger Woods, the same thing. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I like the most about Justin Rose this week. Number one, his, 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 his golf swing... I've yeah. always been a huge fan of 
his past success. I just think his demeanor this week, in combination with the confidence he has in what he's trying to do, I know he didn't play well last week in Houston, but his body of work over the last 12 months just leads me to believe that he, he should be the favorite this week. Should um, be the favorite. I think so. Uh, there, there, are, there are 45 top-ranked top, top ranked players that have I won golf tournaments this year, and you think Justin Rose should, should be, be the, the favorite. favorite. Wow. Yeah. wow. Well, I, look, to back up Brian's point, I don't, I don't agree that he's the favorite. I think he's uh, clearly one of the top six or seven. But you look at his last 12 starts worldwide, I mean, nine top tens, three wins. Yeah. Uh, you know, other than Justin Thomas, and I know the wins all came at the end of 2017, so we're kind of, hey, he hadn't won in 2018, and Justin Thomas has. Um, I, what's not to like? I mean, he's the first loser from last year, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure, I'd love, love to hear that one. <laughs> no offense, Justin, yeah. but uh, no, I mean, look at how he played. You talk about grittiness. Yeah. How gritty was he coming down the stretch and just that one untimely drive? In the uh, in the second playoff hole, that that they got him, and he just caught those trees to the right. And one of the only poor drives he hit, really, um, that back nine. Well, you look at his game that, like we said, got so close to winning the major, uh, the Masters, two of the last three years, and now he's added a hot putter. He has never yeah. been a good putter tr traditionally outside the top 100 in strokes gained putting. He was fifth yeah. on tour, entering last week, stumbled a little bit in Houston. Now he's 13th. Still a, a big time turnaround. He's gone to the claw grip for about the last 18 months. Is really starting to, he said, allow him to focus more on the art of putting, kind of the speed and reading the greens, and get a little less mechanical. And it seems hey, to be working so that's far. A good that's good. You, ta you take a Justin Rose tee to green game, and you add a hot putter. That that just might do it. You might be right after all, Brian. I may have sold you short here. Uh, all right, <laughs> Don't so do that. I know, I know. We're friends. It is. It's true. Uh, all right, so we have two left-handed uh. multiple Masters winners. Ted Potter, Mike Ted Potter has not. Oh. He, Ted Potter does have a green jacket from his Greenbrier victory. That's so, right. So TPJ <laughs> is renewing his quest for <laughs> yes. a second green jacket this week. But we're talking about Bubba and Phil, who have combined for five green jackets and three wins already this year. You want to talk mm. about some of the guys that really bring in a lot of momentum. We'll start with Phil. Brian, he spoke about how important that win was in Mexico. Getting the monkey off his back, he had had so many close calls, not only in years past, but even the three or four weeks leading up to that along the West Coast swing. And now here he's able to go with a clean slate back down Magnolia Lane as he looks for jacket number four. You know, I don't know if there's another player on the PGA Tour that once the calendar hits January 1, that puts more focus and more attention internally to the Masters than Phil Mickelson. I mean, his entire spring revolves around this first major championship of the year. And as you alluded to, he wanted to win. He said he wanted to win. He needed to win before he got to the Masters this week. He did that in Mexico. He prepared last week in Houston. Same, similar course conditions like he does every year. Uh, played well on Sunday, so he's got a little momentum coming in. I, look, I, I think Phil, um, uh, even at, at the age of, I think, with 47 still, maybe 48 in, in June, the the – the depth of his short game, the consistency of his short game through all these years, is I think his short game right now is as is, 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 is as good as it's ever been. Putting, yeah. And his putting, I, I really I mean, his never. Putting, his putting is the only thing that kept him in it last week in Houston. Yeah. He said he was spraying it over the place. Oh, yeah. It's just he the driver, right? Yeah. It, it, that's it. But he is so fun to watch, and this yeah. is this is his favorite golf course. Uh, and the way he's playing right now, if he can just dial in the driver a little bit, uh, why can't he win at the age of 47? There's no reason. 
Well, if he does, the leap, the leap will be less than it was the first time he won. Because he's still lost some on his vertical. It's true, but he could still, he could still get, get up there. Here's the thing about Phil. He says it, and he's so right. He says, when I get to Augusta, I don't feel like I have to play perfect. Yep. I feel like it gives me avenues to, to do what I do best, which is clearly not drive the ball. And if you look at statistically him driving it, in Mexico when he won, he drove it all over the place on the back matter. nine, and he was saving yeah. part. He was doing all sorts of great stuff. The putter. Here's the other thing, too, that, that I think is underrated about Phil right now is how good the iron game is. You, I watched him the first round of Houston, and this is the sign of, a, of, a, of when you're on with your iron game, and Brian knows this. He was hitting it flag high repeatedly. Okay, I mean, wherever the hole was, little half shots, like I, I go to that seventh hole, the par three um, at Houston, little front pin, he hit a little eight iron, just took something off of it, flew it in there about 15 feet just right of the hole, dead flag high. Yeah. Phil's iron game is really, really solid. Yep. And the fact that he doesn't have to play perfect off the tee, I think he's, I think he's had a little bit of a sea change. I think for a while, uh, a, fr a, friend of, a mutual friend of ours was telling me the story. He was watching Phil one day hit a bunch of drivers, and just wearing himself out trying to drive the ball better, trying to drive the ball better. And he told him, he said, Phil, what are you doing? You're never, you're working on the weakest part of your game. Get back to being great with your irons and being the best putter on and the planet. Average and, and just be average with the drive. You don't have to drive it great as good as everything else is with your game. And if you look at Phil's, what he's done with his game is exactly that. He, he says it now. He yep. says, you know, I'm never going to be the best yeah. driver in the world. He says it when you talk to him. Yep. But he also says he's close when he when he hits well, three. Out but of it turns out fairways. it turns out he was close. He was right. He was saying for three yeah. or four. No, weeks. he's close to driving it straighter, even oh, when he yeah. hits it everywhere. Straight, straight for Phil. He's, Listen, he said last week in Houston that, to your point, Trip. He said I, I am hitting drives that I can get away with at Augusta that I can't get away with here. That led to triples and doubles yep. and things like exactly. that. Exactly. But in the meantime, twenty-one birdies in seventy-two yep. holes. He didn't. He That's didn't factor. He finished outside the top twenty-five, but, but he put up plenty of red numbers to make you think that he could. I, I think I think Phil will contend this yeah. week. I think he's going to be part right, so got, of it. We've got Justin Thomas contending. We got Phil contending. We got Rory, Rory winning. Rory winning, and Justin Rose. Okay, Justin Rose All right, so we're trying to balance the ledger here. Yeah. Uh, one more, as we said, and Ted uh, Potter Jr. And Ted Potter Jr. Yeah. He's going to be. A full, we're going to get to under the radar okay. soon, so don't spoil it for <laughs> right. no the folks to listening Potter. at home. Well played, uh, so I so we're talking Bubba. I will say, Brian, you're kind of selling a little bit on Dustin Johnson. I'm selling on the, the Bubba hype. Mm. I don't I don't understand. We come into the match play and we kind of say, yeah, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. We're not going to read too much into how guys play and match play versus stroke play. And then Bubba runs the table and glory be, everyone's ready to say he's going to win a third green jacket. He certainly has the game to do it. He's playing well in addition to the win at Riviera. But outside of those two wins, he has not finished better than 20th at the Masters. These are all, all or nothing yeah. when it comes to Bubba. Yep. At the Masters, and I wonder if maybe there's a little too much hype going into this week. That's my my you know I, opening I, statement. I would agree with you. I, I will say this though: I think that Bubba is such a likable, fan-friendly PGA Tour player that when he does play well, I think it is a little bit escalated compared to other players. The attention, at least, mm -hmm. because it's with the shot tracer and, and people at home can watch and see the curve and. And the emotion that he shows, I mean, he, he's kind of the guy next door. Uh, and because of that, I think that's why the attention is amped up when he does, in fact, play well. But I agree with you, Will. The two, after both of his tour uh, wins at, at Augusta, the other times he's played has not been very good. We will see this week what the win at the match play did for him. Mm -hmm. 
and the win in L.A. did for his confidence because, let's face it, a year ago, two years ago, he was talking about not playing anymore and wanted to focus on his business ventures. But Six months ago. I mean, his confidence was... right now is high, but he's, he's loving, he's telling everyone, I'm not the favorite. He's trying to deflect. Uh, yeah. But I, 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 will, I agree with you. I think the hype is because of who he is and what he's about and in in his how he's perceived by the think, media and the fans. And I think part of it is also just he's how, also won twice. And how far how far down he was. Right. I mean, he was a great way story. off the radar before Riviera, and now certainly that put him into the mix, and, and he vaulted to another level with Austin. Well, I, I think the, the players, uh, to make him not a favorite, might want to fill his locker with some other golf balls that um, he's not playing went at. there, huh? Uh, yeah, no, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But, no, you, I, I disagree with both of you. I think he deserves the hype because okay. he has two green jackets. And when he, he is all or nothing. Yep. And um, I don't think he's going to do that well this week, but I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve the hype. Okay. I, I've got different reasons why I don't think he's going to do that well. I think it, emotionally it's, it's just, I don't know. I, that's, I'm going there. I don't think the physical parts. I love what he's doing with his putting stroke. I think it's way better than mechanically than it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's not as wooden, and he, there's not as much movement in his upper body um, backwards through the hit. So I, I really, I like the way he's playing. I don't think I think this is going to be a nothing year, but I don't th- I don't think the hype is overrated. I think it's well you deserved. You just agreed with me. You say he's not going to contend. I know, but but I'm I'm saying I'm not that saying the guy doesn't deserve to be talked about. Oh, I'm okay. Well, saying, then I misunderstood what you were no, saying I, I, because I thought you were you were saying that it didn't. No, deserve I well, the I don't hype. I don't think he belongs quite on the level of some of the guys we've talked about. Right. Like if you give me a choice of pick one, Spieth, Rose, DJ, Justin sure. Thomas, Bubba, I'm going to go with all those guys before I go. But with let Bubba. me ask you this: if if um, if he uh, is given the green jacket this uh, this Sunday, Sergio puts it on him, would yeah. you be surprised? No, no, certainly not. I wouldn't either. Yeah. So yeah, there. All right. That's fair. We've come to an agreement. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's let's dig a little deeper here. There's there's 87 guys at last count now that Ian Poulter's in, but you probably this is one of the most exclusive fields in golf. You figure maybe 30, 40 ish guys are going to walk down to the first tee with a realistic chance, yeah. thinking that they can That's win right. this golf tournament. Give me a guy who's under the radar that maybe we haven't talked about. Not a lot of attention right now, but you think has a very realistic chance to maybe surprise Tommy Fleetwood. Soon. That was quick, Trip. I appreciate very quick. I appreciate the confidence. Tell me more. I, I, I look. I watched him hit balls at Bay Hill, and a, as an analyst, when you hear a great struck golf shot repeatedly, it's rare, and there are not very many people. We call it acoustics of the of the. It's just a thump, and it's a heaviness of the hit that is a, very few people have. You know, Tiger. Obviously, I used to love hitting balls next to him just so I could hear that sound, and I tried to duplicate and never could. Aspirational. That <laughs> was aspirational. But I, I, Fleetwood's got – he ticks all the bots. Fantastic putter. Um, the guy has played well in majors. Mm-hmm. Um, has had – you know, it's been in contention. Now, there's nothing like being in contention at Augusta, in fairness. We'll give it that. But I think he can handle the moment. I really do, and I think he's, he's proven himself worldwide. He's one of the top 15 players in the world. And he is a high ball flight. It's right to left. Beautiful iron play. Fantastic short game. I think Fleetwood's the guy. Ryan? I'm going under the radar, way under the radar. Oh. I'm going with Brian Harmon. Okay. Well, that's not uh, way under. That's well, more, that's, it's more under the radar than Fleetwood. Yeah. I mean, I he's, he's, Westgate's got him at 80 to 1, yep. uh, which is surprising in itself. I mean, Fleetwood, I think, is 30 to 1. He's right there with Tony Finau at 80 yeah. to 1, Brian Harmon. Seven top tens this year. Yeah, played well. And he's, he's, he's only played one Masters, so you can get away from the, from the first-year Masters yep. winner. 
Uh, he did miss a cut, and that was a couple of years ago. But um, I talked to him a couple of days ago. He was at Frederica Golf Club there on St. Simons, uh, where and they make the they, they, they the, the, the the green staff there makes the greens upwards of 14, 14 and a half at Frederica. So. Zach and Brian Harmon and Patton was out there. They were all practicing around the green cooch, tight shout, lies. Shout so out forth. to the Sea Island Mafia. <laughs> and, and I talked to Harmon and I said, obviously playing well coming in. He said, man, I've had a great year. But he said, the equipment change that I made, the irons are dialed in right now. And I know exactly what to expect because I've played the Masters before. I'm not going to try to overpower it. And I'm putting as well now as I've putted my entire career. So yeah. he played what he finished second at the U.S. Open last year. Say, a lot of people lead. Yeah. Yeah. He beat Rory in the match play at, mm -hmm. at, at Dell. So I mean, he he's and staring down Dustin at Quail Hollow right. last year. Yeah. Making not that at Quail at, uh, or, at yeah, wherever it was. Eagle, Eagle Point yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was. But yeah, so he he has had a little taste of the big stage, and I just would not be surprised at all to see him break through this week and yet. See another left-hander win the mask. Yeah, left-handers. It, it does mean, it favor does the does favor. This yeah. is this is more than a trend. And he know. has that chip on his shoulder, uh, that 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 confidence that I think is needed uh, for him because it, it, he just I think that's a that's one of his biggest assets is his ability to believe in himself. And belief's going to be a word that we're going to hear a lot this week from a player coming down the stretch. And there's no player on the PGA Tour that believes in himself more than Brian Harmon does. I like that. I'm going to go kind of in between your two. I'm going to take Alex Noren. Yeah. This is a guy who's <laughs> – he has won a ton in Europe, and he has played some phenomenal golf this year. He has come mm. close to winning on a variety of difficult tracks. He's got the major experience, hasn't quite gotten over the hump. You think back to the, the playoff loss that seemed to go forever with Jason Day at Torrey Pines. But this guy continues – to impress you want to talk about the thump on the range you yeah. watch Alex Noren is good bang a ball bang oh. balls with a four iron and it's it's just and he putts so, great he putts great so I think that yeah. he could be he could be one to watch but I like you know I like where we're going at yeah. this Growing, kind of well, they, digging a little deeper they're, they're, you know they're all three guys that not a lot of people are nobody's yeah. really talking about right. those three guys and well, they now should we be. are so well, there you go. we're talking about yeah uh, all right so before we got this started we each put on our uh, our weather channel hats mm -hmm. and we're trying to Check the forecast here and see which way the wind's going to be blowing and where the fronts are going to be coming. It looks like there's going to be some, some rain Wednesday before the tournament starts. Maybe again on Saturday, we're going to see some cooler temps. A little bit different golf course maybe than, than the Masters has seen over the last couple years. I remember back in 2016, it was windy and it was difficult, and you saw mm -hmm. 500 par mm -hmm. win the golf tournament. How do you guys think that this is going to shake out if things get a little bit frisky and you might have players breaking out their their sweater vests and things like that that, that would be the issues the cold and the wind if if it happens uh, you know the rain at augusta like it's, it's gonna affect the it's they're, they're gonna bring it right it's, I mean, it was never here there's nothing to see it, that place i mean it doesn't matter uh what kind of rain falls on those greens they're still going to be augusta greens don't worry about that now if if there is a lot of rain it could affect mud balls and, you know, because the, they will not play lift, clean, and place right. at Augusta National. It's the only place where the, the greens crew goes back and puts perfectly filled divots into there's no divots at Augusta. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Nobody's <coughs> in a divot there because mm -hmm. every divot they're in uh, after. Well, you might be in a divot during play, but the next day you're not in a divot, um, even if you hit it in the same spot. So, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about the conditions other than it's going to be cold and you know, it, it, that might put a little bit of a pendulum swing towards a European because they're, yeah. they're used to playing in tougher conditions like that. But I don't think the weather's going to be that big a factor. Well, it's supposed to be today and tomorrow in the 80s. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and we're talking about a 30 degree difference between say Tuesday and say Friday. Um, and Tripp, you know this as a player, you do pay attention to the, the, the forecast once the week starts to see what type of conditions you may expect toward the end of the week, wind, wind direction changes and so forth. Uh, but I, I'm with Tripp. I think that if, if in fact the weather does turn uh, as it's predicted, uh, it's going to favor a grinder, a, a player that has a lot of patience, um, that doesn't try to overpower or change their game plan. And Zach Johnson comes to mind when he won in 2007. Similar conditions. You could pretty much eliminate half the field because they were frustrated with the setup and so forth uh, in combination with the conditions. Uh, but, yeah, the, the greens are still going to be fast. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, but, it's Augusta. Yeah. Gonna be you're going you're gonna to be hitting less, you'll be hitting more club into the, into the holes if, in fact, it's in the 40s and 50s, which is, which is predicted. It should make for a compelling tournament. I always like to see when there's a little bit of – because the, the, the tension there with, as a player is, is, is difficult to manage, and that's why experience plays such a factor at that golf course. But when you sprinkle in some questionable weather and some trying conditions – on, on top of a trying golf course, it makes for a, for a great tournament. Whether it's 80 degrees, 40 degrees, it could be snowing at Augusta this week, and it doesn't matter. It's the Masters. It's one of a kind. It's going to be awesome to watch. We've got Rory, right? Rory. Rose. I'll take Spieth. One of us may actually all be right. right, but we're on the board here to start uh, Masters week. But Brian Bateman, Trip Eisenhower, thank you much for joining me on this edition of the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. Remember, you can log on to golfchannel.com slash podcast. You can download iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can probably find us. Thanks for tuning in. Keep it locked to golfchannel.com for all the latest on the Masters. We'll see you next time.